Welcome to Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things. I'm your host, Carrie Roberts, and I'll be showing you how average, everyday people have chosen to make positive changes in their life to accomplish what makes them happy. I hope this podcast will allow you to feel a connection with people who have something in common with you and make you realize you can have the life you want. Hello, podcast listeners. I hope you're having a wonderful day so far. My guest for today's show is April Mislin, and she is talking to us all the way from Prague. So, so excited you're here. Welcome, April. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I'm excited as well. Thank you. So you're originally from Virginia in the U.S. and you've pretty much been living overseas for, is it about seven years now? Yes, ma'am. Seven years overseas. Okay. So I want to go back because the first time I met you, I think was like 2008 or nine and you were in a dance class of mine. So can you take yes. us back to like when you were living in the DC, Virginia area and kind of how you were feeling at that point and, you know, just was what was going on through your head and kind of take us through that moment until you decided like, okay, I don't want to live in this area anymore. I want to do something else. Well, as you know, once you're in your 20s, you know, you've graduated university, you've gotten a job, and then you kind of get stuck in a rut. You're doing the same thing every weekend. I was always out with my friends, um, having, you know, you know, just out having fun, uh, so to speak, and then having lazy Sundays and then having a hard week at work. Uh, I wasn't really in the industry I wanted to be in. And I was trying to find different outlets to kind of break away from, you know, partying in my early 20s kind of vibe that a lot of people get stuck into, uh, especially living in D.C. because it's so readily available uh, in Northern Virginia and in D.C. Um, and then I hit about 25 or 26 years old. I had tried uh, running as like an outlet to do something different. Um, and of course, um, not being very athletic. Uh, I didn't really enjoy running that much. Um, but then I decided I wanted to travel um, and I figured now would be the perfect time because I wasn't dating anyone serious. I wasn't starting a family. And again, I wasn't in a job that I really wanted. Um, so I felt like I really wasn't going anywhere. It'd be a perfect time for me to explore the world, um, especially because I didn't travel when I was younger because I'm from a very big family. So we didn't have, you know, a lot of money for the pair for my parents to take all four of us children away um, for the summers and whatnot. So essentially, I started looking to um, what could I do to travel uh, for a long period of time overseas. And something that kept popping up was teaching English. And the requirements were really simple. It was you need to be a native speaker, check, and you have to have graduated university, check. So I was like, okay, two for two. This is going well. <laughs> Um, so I, you know, applied for a program that would give me an international teaching certification. Um, granted, it doesn't let me teach in America. It lets me teach English as a second language. Um, we call it just an ESL certificate. Uh, so I found a program that did an in-person course in another country. And what I liked about that is it also guaranteed job placement. So of course, trying to find a job, in your home country is already daunting enough, but trying to do it in a different country with a different culture and different language and different alphabets is, you know, very overwhelming. So this to me was really nice because I would get my certification. They'd give me my first job. 
and I could figure it out from there. And so that's kind of how I got started. And did you, I mean, you sound so confident about it. Like, were you like, that's it. I'm not happy here. I want to travel. I can teach English. I'm going. Like, was that, were you kind of like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this or like, is it okay to do this? Did you have any pushback from other people or from yourself or you were like ready to go and like, this is what I'm going to do? No, I was just ready. I needed a change. Uh, It's like, you know, when everyone says you have a quarter life crisis, that's essentially what it was. I was like, I need a change. I want something different. I'm tired of the same thing every day, you know, just not being happy with my job and and whatnot. Um, At the time, though, when I made this decision, I was not dating anyone seriously. However, that did change once it started getting closer to the leaving date. And I told him, you know, I'm leaving to move to Thailand. And I've known this man for a very long time. We'd went to university together. So when we started dating, it was just natural. And so then, of course, I told him my plans. And he said, I kind of want to do that too. So I did have that support of him knowing that he was going to be going with me, made it a little bit easier for me. I didn't feel as overwhelmed or as scared knowing that I had someone I knew with me. I also had a friend from high school who was the kind of friend who never leaves like the hometown. Every time you go home, you know, he's going to be there. He never moved out of the city, out of the state. And he moved out of the country and taught English the year before that, before I did and in the same program. So I said, if he can do it, I can definitely do it. So having him having gone through the same program and having my at the time partner uh, doing this at the same time with me made it a lot easier. So it seems like a really big decision, but for me, it was just like, okay, I'm doing it. Yeah. And did you get to choose Thailand? Like, were you looking at a variety of places or that's the place where you ended up? Well, originally I wanted to start in South Korea because of course the money's better. So obviously you want to go a little bit where the money's better, especially because I was going to be living in an Asian country. I still wanted to make sure I was able to uh, get enough money to live off of, as well as, you know, the American dream of paying student loans. So didn't want to let those defaults just because I was off gallivanting around the world. Um, So uh, originally I looked at South Korea But my friend who had done this program before me had said, you know, if you go to South Korea, you have to guarantee one year. um, And if you don't like it, that year cannot be fun. Whereas in Thailand, it's a beach country and I love the beach. And he was like, do that. And also the contracts are only four or five months. If you don't like something for four or five months, you can kind of deal with it to get through And then if I didn't like it, I could go home. But a year is a little bit longer of a commitment if you're not happy. So now what was, because you said you really hadn't traveled uh, before this. What Mm -hmm. was kind of the first few things you noticed either initially or over time that was very different in that country versus the U.S.? Oh, so many things. Um, But in that particular country, in Thailand, because that was my first country, what I noticed the most was the uh, time management, I guess you'd say, and the um, being held responsible for things. Um, When you're viewed as a teacher in Thailand, a teacher in Thailand is very respected. Um, The Parents will bring their children to apologize to you if they didn't do their work. You're never blamed for a child having a bad grade. 
But in the reverse sense, they are so lackadaisical, I guess you would say, about communication. I would get messages on my way to school saying, oh, we're spraying the school for bugs today. Oh, you have the day off, things like that. And also it was just a very different way of life, very easy and people were more, not more concerned, but people were very concerned with making sure that the life you were living was very equal to work and play, so to speak. There was a lot of time to take care of yourself physically and mentally and just essentially be genuinely happy instead of feeling you're always forced to go to work. And do you think that that element of equal work and play was specifically like for teachers and in the job you were doing, or you felt that through the whole country? I felt it through the whole country. Everyone was, I mean, Thailand is called the land of smiles and it is the land of smiles. Everyone is smiling. They're happy. Everyone's, it's a very outside type of living. People are sitting on their steps. When you walk past, they'll talk to you. They'll offer you a drink. They'll offer you food. Like everyone's just very family feeling, I guess you'd say. Uh, They're just, they always just really like to be connected with each other physically and always want to share everything. And yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just very lovely. Um, But yeah, everyone likes to make sure they have an equal, they want to enjoy work, but they also want to make sure that they have enough time to enjoy life themselves as well. What do you think that they're, I mean, obviously it's a smaller country than the U.S., but what do you think that they're doing differently in their country to allow that? Whereas the U.S., uh, you know, we're so much about work and getting ahead and doing more. I think part of it comes from our reputation as Americans for still having that American dream. Even though our society, um, at least from my opinion, is changed, and I don't think the American dream is what it used to be, people still view us like that. So, we are taking how people view us and trying to keep up with it, keeping up with the Joneses. Um, But we're always trying to get the next new thing. Whereas in countries like Thailand, they're not. They're more family oriented. They're like their grandparents and aunts and uncles live with them. You know, in America, you have the graduate high school, go to college, uh, get a good job, get married, have children. In Thailand, they don't. They're just like, you're going to work at the family shop, which is downstairs of the house. And it's, it could be a restaurant, it could be whatever, but it's a very communal way of living. And I think their focus is just more on the family uh, and the family life and the family business than, you know, going to university or getting the right good paying job and whatnot. Yeah. Now, how long did you stay in Thailand for? So I ended up being in Thailand for a little bit over a year. Mm hmm. And then after that, were you at that point, like, this is definitely what I want to continue doing, or I'm not sure, or I want to go home? What was kind of your feeling at that point? Well, when I started my plan, well, my plan with my at the time boyfriend, we had decided we would do this for three to five years. Uh, We wouldn't go home any shorter than three years, but we wouldn't stay longer than five because, you know, we had wanted to, you know, to start a family and whatnot. Um, Granted, we're no longer together, um, which is okay because I'm still very happy doing my traveling and he is, has started a family life, uh, with a woman back home. But when I hit that one year after Thailand, I still thought, oh, I'm still going to do this for three to five years. But since then I have hit my five year mark. I've now been gone for seven and I don't see an end. 
you don't see an end as far as like, like you like being abroad and doing this sort of thing you mean? Yes. And I get asked a lot of times like, oh, what's so bad about America that you don't want to go back? And I don't think America's bad at all. I love my country. Uh, if you met me or came into my bedroom in my apartment, you would see I have, you know, American um, uh, paraphernalia. Maybe that's the wrong word. Uh, like I have, you know, an American scarf. I have, you know, some Americanisms in my room and I am proud to be American, but I feel I lived so much of my life in America and there's so much rest of the world to experience. Why not spend the rest of my life experiencing that? I just love the idea of having a different set of uh, problems or tasks that I have to do during the day, as opposed to if I was back in the States, uh, the requirements I would have for my life, if that makes sense. Requirements meaning the feeling of the pressure from society? A little bit, yes. Because um, sometimes I still do get comments um, on Facebook or social media like, oh, when are you going to come back to the States and get a normal job? But I'm <laughs> thinking, well, um, I have a normal job. I'm a teacher. Um, also, what exactly is normal? I did the corporate world for about five or six years, and I've learned that that's not the type of lifestyle I want. I like my current lifestyle. I'm doing something that makes me happy. So why would I give that up just to conform to your version of normality? And I 100% agree with you. And I think especially with, uh, you know, even in the digital age, we have so many opportunities for people to even work, quote unquote, for home, which could be anywhere. So we're mm -hmm. growing, you know, in these, these different areas. Where do you think, because, you know, hearing you speak, you come off very confident and very sure in, in who you are and the things you want to do. Where do you think that comes from for you? Well, I definitely think it comes from my family, of course, you know, but of course that's the generic answer you'll probably get from most people, but I do think so. Um, I have three amazing um, sides of my family. Uh, I have my birth mom's family. She passed away when I was very young. I have my dad's side of the family and I have my stepmom's side of the family. Uh, they all are very close knit. Uh, they're very supportive. My Father and mother support me to no end, and they love to brag about the places I've been. Um, when I first started traveling, my father would always say, so when are you coming home? But I don't have that anymore. Now I get, what country are you going to next? And then, of course, he loves to post pictures about where I've been and, and talk about all these experiences that I get to have, um, and he gets to live vicariously through me. I also think the fact that if I had started traveling earlier, I would have traveled a little bit differently. Um, since I didn't travel till I was in my mid to late 20s, I kind of was already grown up a little bit. And so I wasn't just partying through the countries as I've seen many young 20 year olds do. Not saying all of them do that, but it's, it is a common theme. Um, I feel that since you know I had uh, responsibilities when I was back in the States with the job and rent and car payments and student loans, that it kind of let me grow up before I came traveling. So now I can appreciate the countries I live in, the cultures, I can respect them, not take it for granted as much as I could have when I was younger. And I think that helps me be more confident in my travels and in my life abroad, because I do know what I'm looking for and what makes me happy. And April, that's huge because most people don't know that. 
They're not even sure what makes them happy or maybe even um, maybe they deep down know, but they're too scared to admit that. Do you have any advice for people that do feel that way? Like how they can find what excites them and makes them happy and make that, um, you know, a part of their life in some way? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, It's hard because I think when back when I was living in the States, I didn't know exactly what made me happy either. It kind of took me to explore different things to realize it. Um, I'm sure you remember uh, when you met me, I was very social. I still am very social, but I was always constantly surrounding myself with people and I never really had my own quiet time. Well, traveling, especially traveling alone, kind of makes you become very familiar with yourself and you learn to be by yourself, whether you like it or not. And with that, I've learned as much as I love being social and being with friends and meeting new people, I also know how important it is for me uh, and my mental health to have time where I am by myself, whether it's just sitting on a bus going somewhere, whether it's in a park reading a book, whether it's honestly just watching a movie on Netflix in my apartment, even if it's in another country. It doesn't matter. It's I, I found that balance of knowing um, when I need my own time and also knowing uh, when it's okay to, to be, you know, my extroverted social self. And through that alone time, that's where I've learned the things that I really liked doing. Um, and I think until you kind of can get out of your box and just try new things, you kind of won't figure out what, what makes you happy. You just kind of have to do it. I don't, just like Nike says, just do it. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny you say that because this last year, I've also been spending a lot of time alone. And I think people confuse the word alone with lonely. Like they always think they're the same and they're Mm -hmm. not. And I, sometimes you can be with someone or be with people and feel very lonely because they're not the right fit. And when you're by yourself and you're learning and doing the things that you want, even though it might be a little scary at first to do something new or by yourself, um, there's always in the end something that you learn or enjoy about yourself that you didn't before that is so helpful in finding an element of happiness in your life. Yes, I agree. And along those lines, I also think um, it's very important who you do surround yourself with. As you said, you might not be fitting with the right people in terms of you might be with them physically, but they're not positive impact on you. And if someone isn't a positive impact on you, they're probably a negative impact. So if they're not making you feel better about yourself, then what are they actually, what, what purpose do they have in your life? And when you're younger, you just kind of stay with these people. But I think as you get older, you can, you kind of learn that this person isn't healthy for me to be around or, Oh, I like this person, but they always cut me down or they have different interests than me that I don't agree with, or they don't let me try new things or they're not supportive. And it's okay for you to break up with a friend. You are allowed to do that. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And they kind of let these negative people kind of stay on them. Um, Whereas of course in traveling, it's really easy to get rid of them because you just leave and go someplace new. Um, but if you don't have that luxury as I do, um, you know, you it is okay to, you know, distance yourself and look for a new group of people or look for other people that will introduce you to maybe new things that you didn't know you have an interest or a passion for. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that that's great that you're doing that. So where else besides Thailand have you been? So you went from Thailand and what was kind of the next sequences of countries that you've been to? So I started in Thailand. Um, Halfway through Thailand, I did take a short three-month break and I went to Myanmar. Uh, Most people know that still as Burma. And I was there for three months teaching at an English camp. Then I went back and finished my year in Thailand. After Thailand, I did make it to South Korea for the year. Um, And I spent a year there. Uh, Then I went home for a few months. I got to be home for Thanksgiving and Christmas that year, which was very nice after being away for the holidays for a few years. Um, Then to jumpstart me uh, teaching again, I went back to that same English camp in Myanmar. Uh, And then from Myanmar, I went to Vietnam and spent three years teaching in Northern Vietnam in the capital in Hanoi. Uh, And then from Vietnam, I... Once again, went to Myanmar uh, for a few months. And then, yeah, now I'm here in Prague. So, yeah, so you were, it's interesting because you were kind of in a certain part of the world and then you were like, now I want to go more to Europe. So what kind (laughs) of, again, was that a, 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 a conscious decision or that was like where the need was? It was a very conscious decision. Um, I didn't expect that I would spend that long in Asian countries, um, but I just enjoyed it so much. And especially Vietnam, it was very easy. I had um, a very cushy job at the time. I was in upper management at an English center. Um, I was living a very wealthy lifestyle. So it was very easy to live there. But then it just got to the point where I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm in Neverland. I'm not doing anything anymore to progress myself. Um, It was that thing where I was stuck in a rut again. Um, So I knew eventually I was going to move to Europe uh, when I had taken like two months and traveled Europe. Uh, During those times in Asia, I knew that I wanted at some point to end up in Europe. And so after Vietnam, I was like, you know what? I guess it's time. I've, I've, you know, explored Asia through travel or teaching and living, let's give Europe a try. Uh, And I already had some friends that were teaching here in Prague. um, And so they've kind of given me a little push of like where to find jobs and helped me find a place to live. So they did really make it easy for me to move here. Um, And I have not regretted it at all. So yeah. And what would you say is the difference from Prague now from coming from Asian countries? And do you find that they have the same work-life balance you were talking about, that they're very excited to, to learn and be educated? Did you find that same thing or what was kind of different about that country? I do. I do find that um, because here, so when I was in Asia, I taught, ended up teaching all levels and all ages of students, whether they were young, like elementary school, all the way up through adults. Here in Prague, I'm teaching adults and I'm teaching them in their companies. So I actually go to their company. I teach them for about an hour or an hour and a half. And then I move and go to another country. And I do see that yes one they do have a very good balance of of work and play or work and life whatever you want to call it um but that they do try really hard especially with learning english they're taking time out of their day their work helps pay for it even if their work doesn't help pay for it they as adults know the importance of something and they're willing to put the time and effort into it uh so they they find something that yeah that they feel is important and they, they stick to it. They try learning it. Um, so it's really nice that they still have this active sense of 
of learning and they're very always wanting to practice, uh, especially if they know you speak English. So it's really hard to practice their language since they always want to speak English with you. But that's why I'm here. So, so do you speak multiple languages now since you've been to multiple countries? I would love to say yes to that. However, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, in Asia, um, the Asian languages are usually tonal languages, so they're very hard to practice by yourself. Um, and of course, in Thailand or Vietnam, if someone sees you, they would know that you spoke English. So it was a little bit harder to practice there. Um, I can, however, in every language, every country I've lived in, I can say basic things like, hello, thank you. This is delicious. How much? You're beautiful. Um, that always goes over well. Um, <laughs> but I can always say the basics. Um, here uh, in Vietnam, I try to take some classes. Uh, and here in Czech Republic, I'm currently taking a class on Czech language, which I don't know if you know, is one of the hardest languages to learn. It's like the 11th hardest language to learn. So, really? Why is that? The Oh my gosh. So it doesn't have tones. So that's where it's different. But they have so many different endings to words. So if a man is speaking and he says one word to a woman, it ends differently than if he speaks to another man. It also depends on what word comes next or it, dep it just, there's so many different ways to say one word, depending on who you're speaking to and what you're speaking about. Interesting. See, it's so, you know, it's so funny when I do these podcasts, like I'm learning for you guys too. So mm -hmm. I, I've never heard that before. So that's really fascinating. Um, yeah. So now you said, you know, you think about doing this indefinitely. Do you have any particular goal in mind of like, I want to visit these many countries or I want to influence these many people? Like what is kind of your, your thought as for the future, just for yourself um, through this whole process? For myself, I would like to, uh, travel-wise, I'd like going to one new country every year. Um, of course, I also like to go back to some countries that I've really liked, but my travel goal is one new country every year. Uh, even if it's, you know, just for a short couple days, that's my goal for that. Uh, in terms of career-wise, as much as I enjoy teaching, I don't think I want to do it forever. Uh, it was nice because it did get me into the door to travel. And now that I'm in Europe, my opportunities are much larger. Uh, so now I'm starting to get into little side projects. Uh, for example, I'm currently training to be a tour guide of just some short, small tours here in the Czech Republic. Um, I've done some voiceover work for a beauty commercial. Um, and some random projects like that. Um, I really would like to get more into the tourism business because I know how much uh, traveling has influenced me and how much I've grown through it. And I would like to spread that to other people. Um, and I would actually like to do that in an educational way, maybe through schools, taking school trips to other countries and kind of leading uh, the charge with that, um, you know, exploring uh, their development through English language while also being able to show off and explore different cultures and different parts of the world because I just know how much I've gained from seeing the different cultures and how differently people live all over the world. I love it. No, I think that's great. And I think, you know, it's so interesting 
is, you know, we all do this. We overthink a lot of stuff. We think like, oh, should I take this path or do this or do that? And there's really never any wrong path to take. And it leads you towards completely different things. And I think it's really neat to hear, you know, okay, I started in one country. Now you visited many. You've worked with different age groups to do random but cool stuff of voiceovers, now getting into tourism. Um, It's just interesting how life can be. It doesn't have to be, like you said earlier, that linear go to school, get a job, have a family, you know, that whole thing, that it can be a variety of twists and turns. And it's neat to see you doing that. Yeah, because it's it's so great because even small things here, um, one small change or one small yes, I say to something opens my doors to all these other opportunities. And it's just, it can be simple things, um, just like meeting a new friend and then I meet their friends. And then like tonight I went and I went uh, rock climbing with them. And I've never done that before. This was only my second time. So now I go rock climbing with them. Um, I said yes to helping out a friend host a pub crawl. And now he wants me to start doing day tours with him and just little things just to say yes, that you don't think really much anything of. You're just like, yeah, sure. I'll do that. And then all of a sudden you have all these other opportunities or you have other ideas or now you have others desires or paths that are open to you that you can now explore. Yes. Oh, it's so cool to reconnect with you, April. And I am just so excited for all the stuff you're doing. So if anyone wants to connect with you, where can they do that? Either on social media or if you have like a blog or a website? Uh, I don't have a blog anymore. I found it was kind of too hard to upkeep, but I do have my Facebook fan page and it is Apes Adventures, A-P-E-S Adventures, like let's go on an adventure. Um, That is my Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, um, all the social medias that you have. That is what my tag is, Apes Adventures. That's how you can find me. And if anybody wants to teach abroad, travel abroad, going to any new country, I am more than happy to give recommendations, hook people up with people in other countries, um, anything. I love giving advice, especially to countries that I've been to. So Perfect. I love it. I love it. And we'll link that up in the show notes so people can connect as well. And the last question I like to ask all my guests, April, is what is one word or quote or mantra that you try to live by every single day? Life is a great adventure or nothing at all by Helen Keller. So good. So, so just a good (laughs) ending. Awesome, April. Thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to hearing more about your future travels and the people you meet. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would greatly appreciate a review over on iTunes. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, be sure to message me over on Instagram at Kerry, K-E-R-I dot N dot Roberts. Remember that each of us has something that makes us great. So go out there and show the world what makes you extraordinary.